1: Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 111, 111 of the Dynasty Junkies podcast. It's your host, Andrew Hall at Andrew Hall FF with me tonight in the B chair, We've got Scott Sidlow. How are you tonight, Scott?
2: What's up, Andrew? It's good to be back. My voice is uh, doing pretty OK here, so uh, that's that's a good thing. I was really hoping they told me you might have a little voice change, you know, so I was really hoping it'd be a little deeper and sexier. But, you know, we'll just have to see how it comes through on the other end, you know um but yeah man we got a full slate of uh well full slate for college anyway we got a bunch of college games on tonight now that i'm in all these debbie and c2c leagues uh it's pretty exciting stuff man so and uh yeah we got a great guest tonight too a returning guest somebody who's been on many times we love this dude and uh, it's gonna be a great show tonight
1: that's right without any further ado we we got andrew cooper go ahead coop say hi to
3: say hi to scott I was going to say, Scott, your your voice is sounding sexy, dude. So whatever you've been doing, not sure if you have a cold or whatever, dude. Nice and smoky, man. You sound like Pharrell on the bench out here, dude. Let's that's go, right. baby. I'm, I'm liking it, dude. I'm liking it. That's right. Like, well, I, I, we got, sorry to interrupt
1: my own intro. but I You're have, fine. To, no, I that's fine. we got sure Andrew Cooper. Got Andrew Cooper at Coop A Fiasco from Fantasy Alarm. And you got a new deal you're doing with Better Fantasy. You were telling us a little bit about that before we started recording. What's going on with that? Yeah, man. So uh, I do
3: all my... Uh, my regular videos, articles, everything. That's all at Fantasy Alarm. It's always going to be. But uh, a guy uh, from formerly of Sirius XM, uh, Matt Deutsch, started his own network, Better Sports, B E T T O R. And essentially what it is, it's like its own radio station where you download the app and there's video that goes along with it, right? We got the morning show from uh, 7 a.m. to 10 a.m., it's me. Uh, and the two uh, front yard fantasy guys, Simon and Jail. If you know them, you know them. They're amazing dudes, hilarious. And you know, we have our own show. It's great, and we're we're giving away stuff every day. Like we're giving jersey way, jerseys away every day through the app. You can, there's two buttons, one that's called the fun button that you just press. If we have a giveaway, sometimes we just do it at the press of that button. We give stuff away. Other times you can call in. We have people on the show to do uh, different games with us. Like we've been doing, uh, you know, pole perception, jeopardy, all these games with people. It's so much fun and we're giving away jerseys every day. So if you get in there tomorrow, you'll get a chance to win one. We've given away an autographed Ben Coates, an autographed, uh, Chris Johnson, CJ2K autographed Devonte Adams, uh, Dante Culpepper, like they're hooking us up. It's a real deal. So yeah, come join us over there. 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. It's a lot of fun. And the other shows are awesome too. Like we got Nando Dafino from CBS, like a ton of great,
2: ton of great shows. It, uh, so uh, Moose great and time. Keith, like anybody who knows yeah, XM yeah. Radio is going to know these names. Corey Parson and Joe Dolan. You cannot, you cannot oh, Joe miss Joe Dolan's yeah. voice. Everybody knows Joe yeah. Dolan's voice. Kyle Elfrink and, and Ray Flowers from Fantasy Guru have been listening to those Oof. guys for a decade. Like it's so awesome yep. that they're on there.
3: Crazy lineup crazy lineup.
1: Well, I just downloaded the app. I'll have to take care of that after the show. I don't want to get, I don't want to get too distracted here, but no, that's awesome. That's such a nice little uh, twist, I guess, on the usual, you just writing articles and then now you're on a live show every day for three hours with some great people. That's just, wow. What a twist. What a turnout. So awesome to hear that. Anything else you got going on? Yeah, I mean like so
3: with Fantasy Alarm, we we still have the show on Fantasy Alarm Series XM. I'm just a guest on there from time to time, but always check out the stuff that we have going on there and and our draft guide at Fantasy Alarm is free this year. So if you like the things there you, you hear on this show, go to Fantasy Alarm, pull up the ultimate cheat sheet. All my rankings are in there, Dy- they are called the dynamic rankings in there and it's free. I mean like I, I don't know what else to tell you. Free. Is there anything better than free? I mean, I guess we I don't do think stuff. so. I, you can we're doing that on the other it, show. But, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. On the, if you want free stuff, come over to. The, you know, If you want us to get, actually give you things, come to the Better Sports Network. If you want the rankings for free, come to Fantasy Alarm. Yeah, it's all free this year. We're just giving it away.
1: That's phenomenal. That's great. All right. Well, and, and if you're watching live, I don't know if we have anybody really yet watching live. I got a couple maybe here and there, but I am wearing the Manscaped shirt tonight because tonight is our first episode sponsored by Manscaped. Officially sell for out. the Dynasty Junkies. That's right. Support for the Dynasty Junkies is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in the men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family (laughs) jewels. I love that rhyme. Manscaped's performance package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 6 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with this exclusive offer for you. 20% off and free shipping worldwide with the code JUNKIES at manscaped.com. So make sure that you get over there. You check this out. We got to get some people that are signing up for this, okay? We got to show that we actually have a force. Go buy some stuff for your balls. And again, if there's 6 million men, that's 12 million balls. Let's be clear. Uh, we got to keep going with this a little bit. The performance package 4.0 has arrived, and oh, man, is it a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find their lawnmower, 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver ball deodorant, crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold all your goodies. I got my goodie bag. Scott, did you get yours? I have not got it yet. It's on the way. I'll be honest. It is a game changer. There's a lot of stuff in this thing. It is a terrific value. I was surprised. And I'll be honest, I have used it phenomenal. I will just say that phenomenal. Really good. good, really good a,
3: job. A, you get a goodie bag for your goodie bag. That's the, That's right. Uh, you get a goodie good bag idea. for your
1: bags. That's right. It's, it's well put <laughs> Coop. That's exactly right. Well, this trimmer is waterproof too. So you don't have to stand in, like over the trash can and be awkward. You can use it in the shower and be nice and discreet about it. Uh, it's fourth generation trimmer uh, features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents. And it totally works. I'll just say that. Lawnmower 4.0, like I said, is waterproof, also has a 4000K LED spotlight, which is clutch and does come in handy because there's not a lot of light down there, boys. Let's be serious. Uh, but because it's like I said, because it's waterproof, you can get rid of that mess on your floor. You're good to go with all that. And I'll be honest, too, like even the shirt is comfortable. The boxer is comfortable. I'm not showing those. off. But honestly, well done, Manscaped. You did a terrific job with this package. Again, make sure you go to Manscaped.com. Use the code junkies at checkout. You get 20 percent off with free shipping. And again, code junkies for all you DAP network fans out there. What a what a world we're living in, Scott. We're sponsored. It's finally time.
2: You know, and I just I just want to say this was a this was a group decision that we we had kind of talked about this in the past. Like if we ever got to the point where we were lucky enough to get a sponsor, um We don't mind being sellouts just for the fun of it. But also, honestly, we had to use the product and know what it is and actually something that we stand behind. I mean, they'd have to actually pay us a lot of money to talk about something we hate, but we might still consider that. But we did come to a group decision and say that this is a product we all use. We all have them and we we (laughs) all use it. Uh, So, hey, I I don't know what better, uh, you know, is there a better product to, to, see? you know, whatever we use hey exactly guys
3: and take care of your boys here right take care of your boys down here take care of your boys on the show get a goodie bag for your bag right and use promo code junkies and get some stuff to take care of your junk this is this is what you guys got to do out here whether it's the first date second date third date you got to be ready to rock and oh my dude there's you know there's nothing worse than you know if first date comes around you don't think it's going to happen and you didn't get the manscape going forget it bro it used to be so
1: taboo now it's like a given like it's just i love that we've come so full circle so again use that code junkies at checkout at manscaped.com 20 percent off and free shipping so again with that let's move into the actual (laughs) meat and two buns of the show we're talking about (laughs) tight ends tonight we talked about the front now we're going to the tight ends on the back i guess let's call it that direction this is what we're doing thirsty thursday this is why we brought you on, Cooper, is because we know you like to talk about them tight ends. You know what I'm saying? You're a big fan of those tight ends. So I think it makes it makes total sense that we talk about this. But before we get into it too deep, I do want to make sure that people understand the reason that you're on. One of the reasons that you're on, obviously, is that we're a big fan of yours. But you, you talk tight ends a lot. You have a lot of good research that you've done on tight ends. I know you've written a, a, an epitome I will say like <laughs> some crazy long article that you've written at Fantasy Alarm that I read every year. I bookmark it and I always reference it back. Give people a little bit of a rundown of what it is, I guess, that you do and what you like about tight ends, what you've researched, just to highlight real quick before we get into this. Yeah. So for years, I've been I've been
3: tracking it, got the spreadsheets, everything going. I've been writing this series, The Ultimate Tight End Guide. Uh, this year, uh, it's four parts. There's the first article. If you're a savvy gamer and if you're listening to this show, you obviously are because this, this show gets deep. It gets wild right? So uh, if you read that first article, it'll give you all the info you need to make your own decisions, right? So you really only need that one first article. It gives you the full breakdown of how to identify elite tight ends. It's pinned on my profile at Coupe Fiasco. The next three articles are for this season, right? That other one's evergreen. It'll help you no matter what. Then The next three are who's elite this year, who to fade this year. And then my third article is is the fan favorite the yin and yang tight end, which is a tight yes. end pairing system yeah, uh, that we can get into? You know, I could if you want me to explain it now, quick, or we can get into it when we get to redraft. It's your call, Andrew. You're, well, let's sure. talk about
1: the dynasty aspect of it first. We are a dynasty show. We'll pivot into redraft as as we get into the the yin and yang more, but then we'll the, obviously pull is back wor- and that do a an
2: worthy look. discussion. So, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah the yin and yang I think is it. something. The yeah, thing something I like to discuss, and I even like to think about it more myself, but I love hearing you talk about it because I love the way you put it together. And and this was yeah. your own idea, right? You kind of built this from scratch. I don't think you took this from anyone else. Am I right?
3: Yeah. So it's basically it's one of those strategies that everyone's kind of done on their own, like whether you did it on purpose or not, you might have done something similar. But I refined it to a very specific type of strategy, even to go after specific targets. So uh, and you know we got to talk dynasty because this is the dynasty show but it's also September 1st right now, right? Like it is, we are in the can a week away, baby one week away. So let's, let's start with some dynasty and then we'll, and then we'll hit the redraft for everybody who uh, maybe hasn't done their draft yet coming up.
1: Yeah. So, and maybe just to to help us out though, this yin and yang thing you mentioned it before, and I want to make sure that we dive in a little on the dynasty side first. Like the, there are studs there. Obviously there's what four or five studs. I think you kind of call out maybe six. I think it was actually, There's a few of those guys at the top that are kind of like set it and forget it. You don't need to worry about it. But then after that, it gets really messy. So how do you define yin and yang? And then what's kind of your thought process? If you don't get one of those studs, what do you like to do with those later guys?
3: Yeah. So for Dynasty, I don't quite go yin and yang. That's more of a straight redraft strategy. For Dynasty, I have a very specific strategy. If I had to put it on a poster note and give it to you, uh, I could do that. And this is what it would read. It would say, uh, it would say roster talent start opportunity. And that's how I approach dynasty is I, when I'm doing my startup draft, I decide, you know, you got to decide if you're going, if you're playing to win now or not. Right. And if you are playing to win now, you need a guy that has the opportunity because the tight end position is unique in that uh, you have guys that are asked to block a ton. if The scheme isn't right. And you have guys who are stuck behind other tight ends and you have guys who are stuck behind multiple great pass catchers. So you could have guys that have a, to all the talent they need to be successful, but the window of opportunity isn't open yet to start them in your league. A great, The best example of all time of that is Delaney Walker. This is mm. a guy oh, who, yeah. for seven years, was stuck behind Vernon Davis, who had arguably the best combine of all I mean, do you guys, in my opinion, he had the best tight end combine of all time, uh, right? He yeah. broke it.
1: Yeah, it was yeah. too obvious. Yeah. yeah.
3: Maybe of any position. Like, he was just an absolute horse out yeah. there. and. Freak. Uh, And Delaney Walker, they they convinced him to sign a second contract. So he was stuck for seven years. At age 30, he finally went to another team, to the Titans, and he was a top five tight end three years in a row. His very first year there, I think he was tight end two or something, you know, with Marcus Mariota and Arthur Smith. Uh, You know, we've also seen it with Dallas Goddard, right, where Dallas Goddard is uh, a better blocker. Even if he's just as good of a, a catcher as Zach Ertz, he was forced in line and Ertz got to play the slot role. So you have to roster the talent. You want to hold on to those guys, but you need to start opportunity when you're trying to win. So that's the saying that I always keep in the back of my mind is to roster talent, start opportunity. And if I ever get a guy that I think either doesn't have the talent or he's or the window is too far away,
1: I trade him. That's a smart move. Yeah. And I love that idea too of just rostering talent and dynasty in general, right? Like that that applies to all positions. That's such a An easy, simple kind of cheat sheet kind of way to to put it too. Because I think in Dynasty, a lot of times uh, there are a lot of people that look at their their lineup and saying, Well, I want the best lineup. You got to have depth. You got to have some players that are, because Dynasty rosters are almost always 25, 30, 40 people. You know, you got to have plenty of players on your bench that are willing to get in there. And then if they get the opportunity, their talent can shine. And I think that's where I love that logic. I love that logic.
3: And with wide receiver, though, the thing is it's a lot easier for the talent to shine at wide receiver because most teams are using three of them. So right. if you're one of the 3 guys out there and you're good, then it's easy, right? But if you're a tight end, you might not be out there every play. There might be uh you know, uh, multiple good wide receivers out there that are just better pass catchers, uh you know. So it but it does apply to other positions like Chris Godwin, for instance. Stuck yeah. behind Deshaun Jackson and Adam Humphries and, and Mike right. Evans, and when he did get the window of opportunity, he crashed. So, uh it does apply to other positions, but tight end is unique in that you can have a guy who is highly talented and just it's not not the right situation
1: right well so let's talk about redraft then obviously with your union yang and this is again this is where dynasty becomes redraft there's an overlap obviously all of us dynasty players are trying to build this amazing roster and rostering talent and starting opportunity it's a terrific way to put it but you still need to make those lineup decisions you still need to decide who is going to go in my lineup for this week and almost every league that i play in there's still those decisions you get down you start in 10 11 12 players and that 11th 12th player you're like Man, who do I put in my flex right here? Right? Is it a tight end and tight end premium, or do I go with the receiver? Do I go with the running back? So I think this is where a lot of the, the yin and yang stuff can really come in handy because especially with tight ends, when there's such a drop-off after the first, you know, six studs, after that, it's really kind of up in the air. How do you play that in redraft then? And how can we, I don't know, apply that in dynasty?
3: Yeah. So I can give you the uh, the the cheat sheet here verbally of how you, you approach your league. And then you can go to my Twitter. And if you just search at Coupe Fiasso, yin and yang, the cheat sheet will come up. It's also in our rankings, at fantasy alarm, uh, but you can find it right on my Twitter too. And here's what I do. The first thing I do is I look at my settings. Do I have enough bench space to roster two tight ends or not? If I don't, then I prioritize getting a top tight end because there's some leagues where you have four bench spots. You can't, you just can't, as much as I yeah. love tight ends, I'm not using a four bench, one of my four bench spots on the tight end, because in a league like that, every time you have a defense hitting a bye week, if your defense and your quarterback hit, hit the same bye week, you need to drop your enti- half your bench, two out of four guys, yeah. right? So like yep. you can't do it. But if you have a, a league with five or six or seven bench spots, which I would petition any. Dynasty player or or guys that listen to this podcast to do because you have all the coordinates you're you're putting yourself at a disadvantage not utilizing all the great info you know Andrew Hall is going to tell you about the RB sixty and then you're going to have a format where you only have four bench spots no put it to a vote get that yeah get that juiced up now if you can roster an extra guy then this is what I do if you can't get one of the top five guys I wait and I take two and the yin yang is yin is a safe player that has uh, a low ceiling, but a guy you can start early and trust. And then the Yang is your second tight end that you draft later, that all you care about is upside. You throw the floor out the window. Who cares about floor? He's on your bench. And if he blows up, he goes in your lineup. So examples of Yin tight ends would be uh, Dalton Schultz. Well, with Michael Gallup starting banged up, right? You can start him, trust him early, but his ceiling might be capped TJ Hawkinson, right? With Jamison Williams on uh, IR and then he comes back, or the the primo one is Zach Ertz, right? With DeAndre yeah. Hopkins, you know he's out for six weeks. You can trust Zach Ertz for those six weeks. Down the stretch could be a little dicey. Then on the flip side, you just go for anyone you think could be a top two target on their team, or that meets all the criteria that's in that that series there. And it's whoever you think. Like you read my article and fig- find the concepts, and then use it in your own projections. If you think it's Cole Kmet being a top two target on this team, if you think it's Hunter Henry. Who was the top two token on his team last year? Uh, you know, Logan Thomas, David Njoku. I like Evan Ingram. He could lead his team in targets. Be creative, use your imagination and use the concepts and do it your way. You can use my rankings because I'm awesome at this. So those are those are <laughs> always gonna, those are always gonna give you a good guide. True. But you're I mean, that's why I love coming to the show because I'm talking to actual sharp fantasy gamers, right? So I I tell people that are sharp, don't listen to me, listen to you. Right, and well, you you've done become... more
1: research on this than I have. That's why I love talking to you too. It's the same logic. Like we're all we're all smart right. in different ways, right? Scott's a portfolio player. He's got fifty teams. He sees things, you know, days ahead of what I would see it because he's,
3: he's, so he's looking in the terms. matrix like Neo. Exactly. Right? Like it's all the numbers. It's all ones and zeros over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> but then when you're so like you're knee deep, you know, even like just I don't know, shoulder deep in tight end and in, in stuff. You know what I mean? Like you're all the way in there. Like you're you're getting all the way up awesome. in the tight ends. You know what I'm saying? You're like awesome. yeah, but like you're you're Handscapes. just doing so he much research. (laughs) It's so much research that I just don't have time to do and like I love the way that you simplify it down and kind of make it digestible because again tight ends can be kind of frustrating right I think anybody who's in a dynasty league but anybody who's ever played fantasy I'm sure has had a time where they go god I really wish I had a stud tight end I really wish I had Travis Kelsey or uh you know anybody like uh, Delaney Walker or those other guys too for years right and then how frustrating is it to be like I don't have one of those and I'm screwed well it's you got to find another way
3: Exactly. And that's why it's like you have the safe guy, the Zach, the Zach Ertz, he's in your lineup, right? And this strategy, it works just like zero RB in reality, right? Because you're you you have the you have the guy that you can start week one. And then say you draft Evan Ingram, and then he comes out as your as your y- Yang tight end, and he comes out, he only plays 50% of the snaps. Uh, he's not running a lot of routes, he gets like two targets. Well, I'm going to be updating the rankings every single week with the guys that did go out and play 90% of the snaps and run 30 routes and and didn't block on a single pass play. And that's how we found Logan Thomas. That's how we found Mark Andrews, Darren Waller. Right. And the the reason you draft two is people will come to me and they'll say, Oh, you know, I read a gas station magazine in 2005 and it said you should (laughs) never draft a second tight end ever, ever, never. Right. Or like, you know, never draft two quarterbacks. And I say, okay, you never, you sit there and never draft two quarterbacks. And I'll sit there and if I wait on quarterback, I'll take uh you know, I'll take a shot on a young quarterback that's going quarterback 15 as my second tight end in 2018. Yeah. And maybe I get Patrick Mahomes. He throws 50 touchdown passes.
2: That's right. Or I
3: take, you know, I Stay take a outside. Mark Andrews, right? If you look at it, every year for the past five years, a tight end has come from outside of the top 17 in ADP to finish top five.
1: That's see five. we were just talking about that before we started recording. How you never know who it could be. Like we we think we know, we think we're smart. And then every year we're dumb, right? It's just, that's how it is. <laughs> that's,
3: that's why it's got to be like zero RB. They come out of nowhere. Last year was Dalton Schultz. The year before that, Logan Thomas, right? Logan Thomas was tight end, like 37 in ADP, dude. Converted quarterback. The year before wow. that, it was Darren Waller and Mark Andrews. That was a killer year the for the run, yeah. That was the year that put this strategy on the map. Because I, you know, I was writing, I'm drafting Mark Andrews in every league. I don't care if I if I take Travis Kelsey at tight end one. I'm taking Mark Andrews later on because
1: I believe in in this situation. Well, he was free. He was those so such a late round. It's like why not take Wait. a chance? He's got that upside. I love it. Yep. Yeah.
3: The year before that, the year before that is the one that people forget about. Do you remember who who it was? The it was 2000. 2000- was it Kittle before that? So no, so Kittle was being drafted the year he 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 went big. He was being drafted within the top. I think it was like 14 Waller or something. Oh, okay. It was the year before so Waller Wall- and Andrews. Oh, before he got there Wall- via okay. touchdowns, ton of touchdowns. And I'll give you a hint. He got there via touchdowns from a quarterback who retired early.
2: Oh, uh, Jared Cook. Ooh. not Jared Cook. Oh, what's it's the Andrew Luck and uh, Jack Doyle? Yeah, Dired it. Or no, not Jack Doyle. Uh, the other guy.
1: I'm drawing a blank. Go ahead, man. Tell us who
3: it is. Flamed out. He flamed out from the Lions and went to the Colts. Then he went to the Steelers. Yeah, you can can see it right now. Eric Ebron. There it is. 13 (sighs) 13 touchdowns with Andrew Luck that year, which is just ridiculous. dude. Right? Come on. And and then, of course, the year before that, it was Evan Ingram finishing top five with uh, Eli Manning. The last year Eli Manning really played. So those guys are coming out of the woodwork. We're going to find them,
1: right? No, and that's exactly the right way to play this too. And, and I know we're obviously we're a dynasty podcast. We're going to dive into some of the dynasty ADP and stuff like that, but I do think it's good to hit on some of that redraft strategy because a lot of us are playing redraft leagues also. And not only that, but we're, we might have a, a time where we can trade for a Yang tight end for dirt cheap in our dynasty league and like send a third for one of these Yang guys that you think might have a flyer upside. And that's someone that we can get. And then, you know, pivot off that value later and get a good value bump as they start to do well. So I like to look at it through both lenses in a way and just say, all right, well, these are obviously I'm in a bunch of redraft leagues. You know, as many as Dynasty is this point, charity leagues, best balls and all this. There's all these different leagues going on, you know, and it's it's never a bad idea to learn another league and learn another format, learn another scoring setting and all that. So that's why I love kind of getting outside the box, especially when it comes to tight end where you can really make a difference in a way that is un it, it's it's unnatural. It's not every league, not every team is going to have an amazing tight end. There's only five of them or so so you got to differentiate if you're one of the other seven teams in the league so i love that logic
3: in my the, way I, the the mind blowing thing that you tell people is they say you
1: know
3: if you're in a 10 or 12 team league that starts one tight end right if your tight end isn't top 5 or 6 you have a below average tight end you're, yeah. you have a positional disadvantage right so you always want to strive for that and even with dynasty that first that first article series there uh, the first one in the series that talks about what makes an elite tight end that All that tells you for Dynasty is is how to recognize when the window will be open, whether it's this year or next year, whether guys contracts are coming up, right? Like it'll tell you, it'll help you project when that window does open for your guy.
1: And that's really well put. Yeah. And I think that there's a lot of strategy in tight end and we'll get into more of that as we get through this, obviously, but we want to get pivoted in the next segment here. We're going to talk about ADP and what we're going to be using here is the same thing we've done the last few episodes. If you've been listening along, we do our positional series. This is the tight end roundup. So we're talking about the top 12 tight ends in August ADP on DLF using their Superflex ADP. But again, you just put it perfectly, like after the first five, and I would even say five in this league is kind of, you know, five in Dynasty is where we are. After that, it drops off. And then there's, I don't know, a big puddle of 20 different tight ends that could all be worth starting, And, and depending on how you want to bend the logic, right? So if you don't have one of those top five guys, you're you're hoping for upside to get in that top five. So before we get too deep, I want to make sure I cover what these 12 tight ends are. This is, again, the latest ADP from DLF. These are what we would consider the, the most accurate, in a sense, ADP, the live the livest ADP we have. Tight end one, Kyle Pitts. I know John Bosch is excited somewhere. Tight end two, Mark Andrews. Three, Travis Kelsey. Four, George Kittle. Five, Darren Waller. Huge tear break, in my opinion. Tight end six, TJ Hawkinson. Seven, Dalton Schultz. 8, Dallas Goddard, 9, Zach Ertz, 10, Pat Fryermuth, 11, Cole Komet, and then rounding up the top 12 is tight end 12, Dawson Knox. Now, these are all tight ends that I I think I have at least one share of everybody on this list across my Dynasty leagues, just because I like to diversify. I know Scott's kind of got me on that a little bit too with the portfolio play. You can't put all your eggs in one basket. But I'll be honest, I, I feel much more confident when I'm dealing with guys like Pitts, Andrews, and Kelsey. I don't have to worry about that set anymore. I can just set it and forget it at tight end. Um, I guess the the first thing we usually ask here is who in the current top 12, who of these guys will not be there next year and, and Cooper, I want to start with you. I know again, you've done some research on this. We were talking about risers and trying to find guys that'll jump in, but also noticing when to get out is very important. Who of these 12, I guess are you looking at, I don't know selling in dynasty or someone you think you know a year from now won't be there. So like to, to get real meta with
3: the with the yin and yang strategy with the whole Zach Ertz. Plan, right? Like Zach is where you use him for the first six weeks. It's almost like you picture it like a rocket ship where he's the boosters that get yep. you going. And then when DeAndre Hopkins comes back, the boosters he falls fall off. back to Earth. Yep. I think yep. that people are gonna realize that. And next year, when things come around again, and it is Hopkins and it's Marquise Brown, and maybe Rondell Moore takes a step forward. Now he has virtually no shot to be a top two target on the team. And given his lack of of speed, like Ertz is always kill. He's always been a death by a thousand cuts type player, right? Like he needs those targets. Cause he doesn't have the breakaway speed. He scores the touchdowns. He's all targets and touchdowns, right? Not a lot of yak. He, that's why he's never been the tight end one. He's been tight end two, three, four, six, but he's never been the tight end one because he just doesn't have that extra yak. Like he's never going to have 80 yard touchdown. Like George Kittle does. Right. So for me, I think Zach Ertz is the guy that falls out. And then uh, Dallas Goddard is another one where talk about like, when I talk about the window, talk about the shortest window ever being open right like yeah an angel came down from the heavens and scooped up Zacherts and moved him to a bird team on the other <laughs> side of the country right and you were like oh my god it's happening right like it's the what is that like the ron paul it's happening get me, you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, yeah. it's like it's happening and it did happen and he was pretty good right uh. and then they and then the next offseason they go out and trade for aj brown and now it's for you to like Dallas Goddard, and I'm not saying you can't. Like My thing is always use the concepts and apply them to your own projections. So if you right. think Dallas Goddard gets more targets than A.J. Brown and or Devonta Smith, then you should like Dallas Goddard. I personally yeah. think that the top two targets on the team are A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith. The reason that it, it it becomes problematic is that when you look at a team, the last team to have two top 24 wide receivers and a top five tight end it was the 2013 Denver Broncos. Do you guys remember how many touchdown passes Peyton Manning threw that year? Like
1: 48 or something crazy. Yeah. 55. He set the record that year. So like,
3: you know, and the closest we've come to that is, you know, people point out, they say, oh, what about Tom Brady and the Buccaneers last year where they had, you know, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and Gronk and Gronk was tight end seven, which I mean, isn't even that great for your, like you took tight end seven means you have a below average tight end. But people forget that Tom Brady led the league in attempts and yards and touchdowns. So, like, put it this way. If if both those dudes are wide receiver twos and Dallas Goddard is a top five tight end, then you don't even need to worry about those players because whoever has Jalen Hurts already won the league, right? Like, like he already won because if he's throwing, you know, the touchdowns needed and he's rushing like that, like, you know, who can? we might not even. He it might ruin the industry if he throws yeah. 50 touchdown passes and runs for 10.
1: God, you know Dynasty what I mean? Like, managers everywhere would freak out. It would the sell-off would be crazy. The value it, would be through the roof. He'd be 101 in Super flex over Josh Allen. It, could yeah, be crazy it would ruin
3: everything. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> I, I don't even want that to happen. It's Rocky like rooting for would the apocalypse.
1: Be, you know, uh, we'd have to listen to that every week, you know. <laughs> would Rocky would love show. it and hate it at the same time. But I think yeah. you're, you're hitting on something you kind of mentioned it here, and I want to make sure we zoom in a little further on this. One of the things that I know that you talk about a lot is the the fact that you want a tight end that's a top two target on the team, right? Yeah. You don't want to take a tight end that's like the third or fourth or fifth option. You know, like Hayden Hurst, prime case for someone you don't technically want to start unless all the things have fallen off, right? Hayden Hurst at the, for the Bengals is maybe the fifth target on that team. That's not someone you're looking at. I, no one is predicting a Hayden Hurst outbra- outbreak no. here, right? But you're looking at Kyle Pitts, number one target. Mark Andrews, number one target. Travis Kelsey, number one target. George Kittle, one or two. And that's, again, there's a tear break there. You got Debo maybe, right? And then you got Darren Waller. I think with Devontae, obviously he's top two, but he's not one anymore. And then Hawkinson, Amon Ra is taken off. like you know. So the, a lot of these guys in that top area kind of, it's pretty clear. But then after that, it, it hits a cliff because I mean, even Zach Ertz, he might be the top target for the first six weeks, like you said. But after that, it gets tricky.
3: It's scary, brother. It's scary, and that's when we get into you know the next the next area. I don't want to I don't want to do all the talking, but like I just want I'll well, give it real quick. The main stat that <laughs> gives it to you, you know what I mean, is that going back to two thousand three, Randy McMichael is the last time we had a guy elephants? finish in the top five in PPR with with less than ninety targets and less than ten touchdowns. There's two paths. You either need ninety targets. Or ten touchdowns, and when I've looked at them all, I went through by hand painstakingly. It actually wasn't that hard, you know. There's
1: only <laughs> you enjoyed uh, it. Come on, <laughs>
3: <laughs> over you know. It's like I think it's like eighty guys, right, that finished top five over you know eighteen years or whatever it is. Here's how. The, here's the breakdown. Uh, guys that finished there with both over ninety targets and touchdowns, eighteen. So we're talking Travis Kelsey, Kelsey, ten touchdowns, whatever you know, and ninety and ninety 20 targets, twenty
1: something percent. Yeah, yeah. Guys that Eight, finished there. What period of time?
3: Uh, going back to two
2: thousand three.
3: So all the time. Almost twenty. Years all, all the time that matters, Scott. Right? Like <laughs> yeah. all of the yeah. yeah. So uh, you have uh, guys that finished top five. Uh, Eighteen of those guys had both over ninety targets and double digit touchdowns. Guys that had over ninety targets and less than ten touchdowns to finish top five. Sixty seven of them. Sixty seven. Guys that had ninety targets, sorry, guys that had under ninety targets but got there with ten touchdowns. So somehow under ninety targets but scored double digit touchdowns. Only five players. We're talking uh, Robert Robert Tunyon and, right. Robert Tunyon yep. getting fifty nine targets and eleven touchdowns. Like which never um, happens again. Yeah. And here's the, here's what makes it even crazier. Two of them are super elite tight ends that just got hurt. They scored ten touchdowns and got hurt. Rob Gronkowski one year and Antonio Gates. So it's okay. it's just not happening. And then of course guys that finish top five with under 90 targets and under 10 touchdowns zero so that's why the 90 targets is so important right so crucial right so i think
1: too when when you're talking about targets i mean that's that's usually pretty sticky you can usually kind of predict what the offense is going to do touchdowns are a lot flukier right like touchdowns are almost impossible to project year over year even week to week there is a lot of people out there that want to say oh i you know I think I even seen some of the projections where it's like, you know, I'm projecting 0.6 touchdowns for this guy this week. Like it's just a 60 percent chance that he's going to score a touchdown. Like they don't even right. know he's going to score one. Like they're just like, I don't know, he's got a good chance. Like it, touchdowns are so ridiculous, yeah. and I love that.
3: It's oh. look, look at any sports book in any given week, yeah. right? Hall, like that's what you're talking about. It's like every player, is, every tight end is uh, zero. It's 0.5 Over-under touchdowns. Yeah, yeah, and you got to exactly. pay up the nose <laughs> to bet the under, right? Like, yes, yes, it's crazy. It's under I mean, slim, yeah and and here just just to drive the point home no tight end in the league had double digit touchdowns
1: last year nobody well like nobody And I was actually going to pivot to that too and said so this this tight end group that we're looking at is different in a way because I think you could say three of these tight ends are really just receivers in a tight end lineup you yeah. know what I mean? Like, like Kyle Pitts is, I mean, come on, that that's going to break fantasy at some point if they switch his eligibility, because he's really a wide receiver. He's just a really big wide receiver who can also block. And so they call him a tight end and they pay him like a tight end. But it could be one of those things where wasn't it wasn't Marcus Colston, I think was one of those guys. And uh, there was, yeah. who was the other guy that was like, I, I want to get paid like a receiver, not a tight end. Like you're, you're shorting me here. I think that I could a, happen to
3: Kyle Pitts, you know, I have a Marcus Colston jersey in my closet here because I won my league because he he was incorrectly categorized by Yahoo yes. as a as a wide receiver as rookie. And he was the wide receiver one in PPR over over Tony Gonzalez and Antonio Gates, Marcus <laughs> Colston. hilarious. Okay, so, but
1: that's kind but, of what I mean, right? Like the, there is this weird like, I don't know, this this changing of the guard, maybe where I, I mean, my, my home league, we don't have a tight end require it. it's three wide receiver tight end slots. And I think well, that there are more leagues going that direction, which doesn't necessarily ruin the tight end. It just makes those, you know, those tight end nine through twenty five kind of pointless because it's like, well, you know, who knows what they're going to get? And I don't have to start them, so I'm not going to.
3: So the great the, there's two great shields that are preventing that from happening. Right. I got to defend the tight end wall. Here. Go ahead. Yeah, truly, yeah, please. Tru, there truly are two great shields preventing that from happening. One is that Jimmy Graham is the guy you're thinking of. That Jimmy Graham, to that's the one. Yep. He tried to fight the franchise tag by saying, I'm a wide receiver, yep. right? And he lined up at wide receiver uh, on like 80% of his snaps, or it was, I think it was like 76 or something like that. And they de- they denied him, right? Correct. So he's an example. Precedent. He actually yep. lined up more of his past plays at wide receiver than Kyle Pitts did. Kyle Pitts is around like 70% or so. Now, the other one is very recent, right? And that's. Mike Kosecki is tagged right now Oh, that's a right? tight end, and he played mm-hmm. 90% of his snaps at wide receiver. If I was Kyle Pitts' agent, I would be out front of Mike Gusecki's house every morning just <laughs> slamming on the door being like, get, get your ass out here and fight this franchise tag because yeah. that's going to make it impossible for kyle pitts to fight the franchise tag later is it not like if if mike yeah. iseki is successfully tagged as a tight end
1: which is clearly seems to be the case
2: how what well, why do you think they kept pitch? him he didn't even well, fit but he was so cheap they kept him exactly anyway, and that's know? what exactly. kyle's
1: bringing up here in the chat is like falcons will never want pitts to switch of course they'll have to pay him more as a wide receiver but this is kind of what i mean like there there is going to be a breaking point i think at some point here and that's what makes it kind of I don't know, in a way kind of fun to talk about because I feel like that's where the tight end position is so different than any other position, right? You never hear anybody saying, oh, that wide receiver should be designated a running back. I mean, you have Cordell Patterson kind of doing some of that. But again, like that's not the same thing. Like that's not really as viable as this. Some of these guys are legitimately just big, huge Hulk tight end players at the wide receiver position. Well, are they tight ends or wide receivers? You know what I mean? It's
3: it's not a new thing. It's not a new thing because when Chan Gailey coached the Chiefs, Antonio Gates ran the second most slot routes in the entire league behind only Heinz Ward. And Heinz Ward was like the slottiest slot player they've ever been.
1: You know what I mean? (laughs) What a slot.
3: No, but I'm saying it's... Such a huge
1: slot. I'm not saying it's (laughs) new. I'm saying it seems like it's becoming more and more prevalent, right? Like it's been going on for so long that it's becoming such a normalized thing to kind of talk about. Whereas it used to be, you know, you'd have one or two guys that you'd like Jimmy Graham, Marcus yep. Colson, whatever. Now it feels like, like I said, like I could probably pick six of these guys that might even be considered. I think the is a great option there. But before we get too far out of this, I want to make sure that we we go to Scott here for a little bit. Scott, what would you say of this 12, who is your pick for to fall out? We just had Cooper go through Ertz and Goddard. Who is someone that you wanted to talk about as falling out of this top 12 by next year?
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I think Ertz is kind of obvious one, just like age-wise. Um, you know, him and Kelsey are the the old men of the group. Um, there's a lot of youth here. <laughs> there's a lot of stable situations uh, for a lot of these guys. So, you know, it's it's just, it's interesting because, you know, you mentioned the tear break, right, after Waller. But then it's almost like, man, there's a tear break after these guys and it's just anybody, right? You could just have that. Yep. Somebody's going to pop, you know, who? I don't know, but somebody will and knock one of these guys out. Um, I've never been a Waller fan like obviously we know what he can do um, but I just I wasn't into him at any point previously and then Hunter Renfro's emerging they bring in Adams and you know there was a study that I reference often and I I cannot find it I have searched for it I don't remember who did it I would love to give them credit and I would love to have the numbers to to back up what I'm saying because it was um it was it was great it was an incredible study and it actually had to do with comparing slot receivers and tight ends and also running back targets to tight end targets okay mm-hmm. and so not it's not universal it's not for every offense but some sure. offenses the way that they run the running back targets really affect the tight end targets and so that's where i look at a guy like Dawson Knox and we say well they just brought in James Cook right and if he's going to be getting a ton of targets you know they drafted shakir they have mckenzie they they signed crowder it's like they have all these slot guys they have these running backs that catch passes so um you know it's kind of the same thing with waller although they didn't really bring in a pass catching back necessarily um you know if you want to count like 34 year old uh dude from the patriots i guess brandon bolden or yeah. amir abdullah, Ramir abdullah or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know, but that offense we know can probably support a tight end. I don't know if Derek Carr can. I don't know how many yeah. weapons Derek Carr can support. So I kind of look at at Waller and Knox as just kind of the two most obvious ones to me. Now I don't think Waller will fall off enough. Like, I don't think he'll drop out of the top 12. It's close. So that's why I would lean Knox out of this group. But since he's already tight end 12, that kind of seems too easy, too. So I just yep. gave you reasons for both of them. But honestly, I'll, I'll probably go Goddard here just because, again, with Jalen Hurts, how many guys is he going to support? Um, you know, we know that offense does utilize the tight end. But I just I don't know, man, AJ Brown and Devontae Smith could be an incredible duo here for years to come. And I mean, I love those two receivers uh, and they have a whole slew of running backs that catch passes. So Goddard's going to be one of those guys where I feel like he's going to have to hit your threshold of 10 touchdowns. You know, I don't know. I'll have to see what his targets have been, but I just don't know that he's going to get enough volume where I think he'll have to hit that touchdown threshold to be, uh, you know, a top guy so that i ultimately i would go with dallas goddard
3: scott brother you had dude you had the bazooka on your shoulder you had the take you 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 actually like lit the take the the darren waller take you had it lined up and then I you know. pulled out the pistol and we're like you know what i'm gonna shoot this goddard one i like the waller take bro. i like the waller I like take the too waller take yeah because you're right it's like i mean like think of it this way if you're drafting waller or renfro you're you're I mean like you're automatically drafting Derek Carr right because like Devontae Adams is gonna be awesome and for them to yeah. even have two awesome guys Derek Carr has got to be at least reasonably startable. There's very few situations where you have two top players and the quarterback isn't reasonable. Like even with the Jets with you know like Brandon Marshall and uh, Eric Decker Ryan Fitzpatrick was like you give be like twelve or thirteen. So I, right. I like I like that take that. You know, Renfro is a target hog. He's a route-running technician, which uh, McDaniels is going to like. Devontae yeah. Adams, obviously, if you pay him that money, he's, you know, best he's friends with the Carr, bought a house next door, right? Like, right, right, right,
2: right,
3: yeah. yep. Yeah, like, like he's going to get his targets. And Waller, I mean, people forget that he, he washed out of the league early, you know, with the substance abuse stuff, and came back. So he's not, yeah. even though he's a new to us, he turns 30 in two weeks. I think he's he been around. 30, yeah, September. Yeah, yeah, he's 13. not young right so i like that yeah <laughs> scott stick with that big gun take though. that's a good take <laughs> i like that dude well, yeah i mean right. Wall- it gets Wall-er the people baby. going
1: it gets well, the people I think going the, yeah. i think the reason that it, you're hesitant i'm sure is it because it's like that's a top five like that's one of the yeah. studs and i do think every year we well, see those one of those studs falls out and then like we we're just talking about if he falls out from five he could go to 15 easy i mean but i've been we, talking you know what about I mean? like, it's, it's such a drop years off. though
2: uh, that i yeah. that i don't like him so i mean i think it's just like i've i've it's I just didn't want to continue saying it because that's what I've been saying. So I just want to give <laughs> something different because I've just never been in on Waller. I, I literally have one share and for me to have one share in 46 leagues. I, I mean, that, that should tell you something, you know what I mean? Like I could just, you know, yeah. And it's got like a, any I'll... random guy. I'm going to have three or four shares of just whether, you know, no matter what. So for me to have right. one share, it, it doesn't make sense. Well, and for the record, Goddard has never exceeded 87 targets. So, um again he's gonna have to have the touchdowns he's never had more than five touchdowns so i just don't see how he's going to be um how he's gonna be in there so i
1: honestly i go with
2: all three of those guys
1: yeah there was a point i wanted to make on goddard before i I give mine i guess but like goddard seemed to me like almost like too easy in a sense i'm like i feel like that's too obvious because when they signed aj brown or traded for aj brown it was almost like well there goes goddard you know what i mean like it just was like so obvious In in a way, though, the thought experiment I wanted to go through here for a second, let's say instead of trading that pick, let's say they drafted Traylon Burks. All right. And then you've got Burks in the preseason kind of struggling a little bit like he's doing for Tennessee. Let's say he just did that in Philadelphia. And and if that was the case, Goddard could be going up to the top tier. Right. Because now you've got Burks sort of struggling. It's a rookie pick. They're going to have to go all in this year. They're going to have to do something. They're going to have to be different obviously they just got Trey Sermon on waivers. That's how desperate they are at running back that they're going after the scraps of the 49ers heap over here. But again, like if that, that one little twist, if they had just drafted Burks and maybe had a, I don't know, a down preseason and you got Devonta Smith as the top target getter and Goddard, the clear number two, I think Goddard could easily get a hundred targets this year if that was the case. Mm. But now that they traded for a stud, and a guy that we know that you can lock in for 130 targets or whatever. I mean, like, those all got to go from somewhere and it's going to come from Goddard in my opinion, not going to come from Devante as much. And just, even if it doesn't, it splits them all the way. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of out on Goddard, even though I'm drafting him in a couple different best ball leagues. Cause again, I like his upside, you know, the like it, again, yeah, I think yeah. that there's, there's that chance that that offense just lights itself on fire. Like we were talking about and they go from, you know, least passing to most passing in one year, which is bonkers. But I don't know. I feel like that's the offense I'm willing to attach a horse to because man, they just went out and spent a ton of money. And, and they may not run the ball at all other than Jalen Hurts like that. Just all of it filters to passing. It could be Hurts passes 60 passes a game and, and Goddard gets 12 a game. That's not hard to expect. And that's a ton of targets if that's the case. So I'm just saying it just I could see it being a rocket ship to the moon. And I'll tell
3: you, the one thing that I hate more than anything is that every single year without fail, there's a wide receipt. There's a tight end who another player on the team gets hurt or gets traded and they backdoor their way into being a top five or six guy. And then everyone's victory lapping. Oh, I told you that Zachary was going to get traded or like Mike Gusecki. Like I knew Will Fuller was going to miss the entire season
1: all along. You know what I mean? It's like, no, you
3: didn't dude. Shut up. Well, that
1: actually pivots perfectly to my pick, which is Schultz, because in my opinion, Dalton Schultz kind of came out of nowhere right? He was one of those guys that nobody expected. He got the targets. He got the touchdowns, not all the way on both, but like he got up there in both and did enough to be a top 10 tight end, top 12 tight end, right? I'm not sure that sticks. I think this Cowboys offense is going to be a little weird this year. They're, obviously, they're still going to pass the ball to Zeke. They're still going to pass the ball to uh, to CeeDee Lamb, obviously, is the number one target. Gallup comes back. He's going to get targets. And I just don't know if there's enough to go around, to be honest. I just, I'm not 100% sure on this. And so for me, Schultz has been like one of those guys. I just, I'm not, I just can't trust him. And I think if you're, again, if I'm looking for somebody who can jump into the top two on their team, I'm not sure Schultz is the guy. Yes, he could be the guy, of course, but I'm just not that sure of it. I just don't see it happening as much. And I think that Cowboys offense with the way their offensive line is set up very different than last year. And, and I mean, just where are they going? They're, they're clearly a middle of the road team. I don't see them changing enough. They got rid of Amari Cooper. I don't think those targets all go to Schultz like everybody seems to think. And it just, I don't know, it makes me nervous. So that's why Schultz, Schultz. was my pick to lose the top 12.
3: Schultz is all window, no talent, right? We talk about roster talent and start window. Yes, he's, he's all, all opportunity. He's all window. Because yeah. like I would improve every year I go in pro football focus. One of my big things is like who can beat their guy in man to man, right? Because when you get down to the goal line, it's zero coverage across the board. Everyone's just manning up, and you either can beat your man or you can't. That's why Henry, Hunter Henry scored nine touchdowns, not just because he's the only guy there, but he is very good in man-to-man situations. Kyle Pitts needs to work on that. He got six end zone targets, only caught one of them. Cole Komet needs to work on it. Dalton Schultz got, according to Pro Football Focus, Dalton Schultz had more receptions when he was uncovered, not just against zone. He had a ton versus zone, but he had more receptions that were uncovered than he did versus man-to-man. Very weird. Very <laughs> <laughs> and when you go back – well, it's like when you have Zeke and Pollard and Amari yeah. and, and Lamb, then you forget about Dalton Schultz. Like Robert Tunyon is another great example where he had all – he just snuck out and scored touchdowns because everyone's like, oh, Devontae, you got to watch out for Devontae Adams right. and, and Aaron Jones and all these guys, right? Mm-hmm. So like when I look at Schultz, it's like he's almost – like I sometimes I wonder if it's going to be worse for him that the defense actually is –
1: well, making him that's a exactly player. what i'm saying like i don't think he's as good as his stats showed and that's what, just again it just makes me nervous i'm not saying i hate you. the guy it's it just yeah i think his floor is really low and i think sometimes if i'm drafting a tight end especially outside that top five i'm not drafting a low floor tight end i would rather have a high floor tight end with a high ceiling of course but like i would rather go with someone who's a little bit less risky on the floor side if i'm going with a tight end in any of those middle rounds otherwise i'm just going to wait and like give me somebody with the same kind of floor and ceiling that you can get with like Gasicki, for instance, who we can pivot into is someone who is Scott. I know you like Gasicki this year, and he's someone you listed on the sheet here as someone not in the top 12 to become in the top 12 next year. I I think there's maybe a pivot there, but what are your thoughts? Okay, so I actually don't like him for this year.
2: Um, And so the reason is so you're like, well, how do you not like for this year and how is he going to move in the top 12? That doesn't make any sense. Well, we're talking one year from right now. okay, and what's going to change is you could get traded, probably not um we talked about it earlier they kept him basically because he's a big receiver and they got him for cheap uh they're basically they're almost paying cedric wilson as much as they're paying gusinke so i mean that's you know what i mean like and he's like what the fourth or fifth receiver so i mean that's how cheap gusinke is to keep but we're hearing out of camp we know he doesn't fit in with the system he's not a blocking tight end he's really that true you know uh receiving threat and and is not a great blocker he's not a ferocious beast like George Kittle, who's playing that well personnel, can play in line, do all the blocking that that they want him to do there for the run game. Um, and so you know, is it possible that he gets that 10 touchdowns because you know he's one of the few big guys there? Maybe you know, Tyreek and, and Waddle are gonna have explosive plays and long touchdowns and things like that, but they're not big guys necessarily. So they may not be great red zone threats. So maybe Gesicki gets gets the touchdowns and and can boost himself up a little bit here. But what's going to happen is maybe he gets traded or maybe he's just going to go sign somewhere. Okay. I don't, you know, I don't know where that's going to be, but somebody's going to pay him. And, you know, he's a freak athlete. And, you know, Kyle Center is in the chat. And Kyle's somebody I respect very much, his opinion and, and all the great work that he does. And, you know, he said, I don't see much difference between Goddard and Gesicki, yet their ADP seem vastly different. I was just telling you, uh, Goddard's never hit 90 targets in a season. OK, nor what, five or six touchdowns uh as his high. Well, Gasicki in the last three hundred and twelve targets last year, he had eighty five and eighty nine the years before. So he's almost getting to that 90 target threshold. I understand it's a new offense. I'm not talking about this year. I'm saying wherever he goes after the season, like maybe what what's going to happen? Three things. He's going to get traded. If a team trades for him, obviously they believe in him and are going to give him a role. He's going to figure it out and play in the system, not likely to happen, but it's possible, right? And and then he's you know has maybe kittle light, right? Okay, or the third thing is he's just going to be free next year and he's going to go sign somewhere to a team that wants and they're going to put him in a, in a role. And so, regardless of what happens in those scenarios, his value is going to go up. So, I, I'm I'm in on buying a sickie now because this is the low point. This is, I mean, maybe it gets slower during the season if he does nothing. Right. So we have to watch for that too, but I am in, I'm buying Gesicki. Let's go. I've seen this dude. He's a freak of nature. i watched him in college. He was a monster. Uh, We love that athleticism. And I think it's something like uh, Scott Connor said this uh, on dynasty and chill, like a RAS score of seven or above. And or below a four and if you if you have one of those, you have to have one of those. Ideally, both, but you have to have at least one of those to be on that tight end radar at these top, you know, elite tight ends. We don't we don't want the tight end twelve. You know, we right. You know, why we trade for a guy to be the tight end twelve? We want one of these guys that can hit big. And and Gasicki is still in that. You know, guy's twenty six. You know, yeah. uh, he's not Waller at thirty. So
1: that's no, I where I'm at it. with him. I love it. And I'll just say this. I think Gasicki is one of those guys that I love uh drafting at their ADP, right? Like like S- center hit it perfectly. Like Goddard and Gasicki are very similar, but Gasicki is so cheap. Like in redraft, especially like he's on waivers in some of my redraft leagues still, you know, and I've got a guy like Pitts or Andrews. I don't really need a second tight end. Like we were just talking about where there's a shallower bench. And I'm just like, how is nobody picking this guy up? Like it's such a freebie. But it's exactly what you just said. He could have a very low floor. There is a there is a chance this year that he comes out and stumbles a little bit or isn't quite the same guy that we've seen. But he's terrific at that underwear Olympics. I remember that forever. That that whole the the combine for him was just, you know, blew people's doors away. And he was supposed to be the next god coming of whatever. And it's just like I think Gasicki, I agree with you. I think Gasicki probably has a little bit of a a little bit of a trip down to the bottom still to come. I don't think he's hit rock bottom in value. But I would, again, I would not be shocked. And I said this actually with Rocky uh, last week. I think it was even. Like, there's a chance the value goes down between now and next August, but it also is going to be higher. Like, we're not at the floor. We're not at the base. I think it could go, he could becomes tight end 2022. But by next August, he's tight end 10, right? Because he's on a, either he's on a new team or the team has changed around him because they were so bad, they, you know, shipped everyone out. Like, I think his talent is exactly what you were talking about, Coop, who's on mute, by the way. Uh, I want to make sure that you get the chance to talk about Gasicki because his talent is huge.
3: Yeah. I mean, like I'm fully on board with the way Scott's looking at this, where this year you buy low because he's in a terrible situation. And next year he's going like any team that signs Mike is is not going to sign him to put his, have him put his hand in the dirt. You're going to have him, you're going to sign him to do what he does. Right. You're going to sign him to play wide receiver. So next year is when the upside comes. It's got, it goes back farther than college football, farther than the combine, go back and watch his high school highlights. And I'm, you know, I'm not just talking basketball, which is amazing. Like his football is awesome, his basketball is awesome, dude. He's got some volleyball highlights. He was like a high school Ooh. volleyball star. That and like the, he is, he is That's smashing awesome. the ball, That's dude. Great. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm deep I deep love- in the deep in the research. I'm watching high
1: school volleyball highlights I just said, I'm like, damn. Only Andrew <laughs> Cooper can bring up the volleyball highlights during tight end talk. I love it. Oh, that's but the donks,
3: dude, the donks are crazy, oh. dude. Like, like dude, don't watch the volleyball highlights. But but the dunks, <laughs> the donks are sick. Man. Like Mike Don't watch that's, that's
1: a terrific advice all the time. Don't watch Dun- the volleyball dunking, highlights. Just dunking,
3: dunking, in transition, Mike Esecky <laughs> is so. Uh, yeah. So I'm on board there. And while I'm, while I get the mic here, you want me to just give you mine Go for, for you? Yep. Yeah, yep. Cause I know you, uh, uh, you have a trade lined up for today, I imagine for one of the fans after. So, um, yeah, so mine, uh, uh, I like to, like, everyone knows I like Evan Ingram. I'm going to get that out there right now that when we talk about floor and we're talking about you, you grab your second tight end. And here we're talking about guys that could move into that top 12 of all the tight ends going in the second round. The second group here, the tight end twos, and you actually kind of rattled through it and said who could lead their team in targets? Kyle Pitts, Mark Andrews, Travis Cussie. After that, not a lot of guys. Why can't Evan Ingram lead the team in targets? Yeah. Early on, when you're drafting tight ends, you say to yourself, Why? Why am I spending up on Mark Andrews? And you go through the different things. You say, Why am I doing this? Okay, he's got this, he's got that, he's got that later on in the draft, I stopped I stop asking why and I start asking why not. Like, yeah. why can't this guy lead his team in targets? why can't David Njoku be the second target on the team? And David Njoku, if he is a second target on the team and they don't really add much, now he's the second target for Deshaun Watson. Like that's something, you know, oh, a guy that could come up. So that's what you got to start asking yourself, uh, starting to yourself, one, like, why can't this guy do it now? Right? Because that's where you're going to get the value as fast as possible this year. And then next year, start looking and saying, okay, who's got contracts coming up? Who's going right. places? Like people keep telling me about Albert O, right? And Albert O had one of the biggest increases in value possible with the starting tight end getting traded away for an elite quarterback right and talk about the biggest value dump of all time and no Fant getting yeah. traded away for a quarterback and not only that but he goes with the quarterback that he knows <laughs> and then that quarterback doesn't win the job oh my god dude talk about getting oh. dumped. dump dump truck he, he got thrown out of the dump truck and then it backed up over him
1: right well, so I, I wanted to talk about Fant because that's the guy that I wanted to get into. I, I mentioned Irv Smith initially on the sheet, but I don't know. Irv just there's too many different things. I don't see him being a top two target. But I think there's a very high likelihood that that Lockett is done or gone or just kind of moving away. And again, if we're gonna say Fant did pretty well with Drew Locke in Denver, and then obviously, like you just said, he lost the job to Geno Smith or is losing the job, everyone will worry about that there's a very high likelihood that Fant gets a better quarterback out of this at some point and becomes the top target or the second target to DK Metcalf, that's very likely because that wide receiver room after that is what, D Eskridge? I mean, they, they got like nobody left in Seattle. Um, I think, didn't they just get J.J. Arcega-Whiteside in Seattle? You know what I mean? Like, what are we doing here? You know they're what I mean? Like, what? like, well, that's they exactly what I'm out. saying. Like, they tr- they got this guy, and then they're like, we don't even need him because that's how bad he is and how bad their receiver room is. But why can't Fant be a number two target on his team behind DK Metcalf? I think, again, the way this team is shaping up, I fully expected, and I don't think I'm alone on this, I fully expected Seattle to somehow scoop up Jimmy Garoppolo, whether it's free agency or some weird two team, three-team trade, whatever you want to call it. Like there was gonna be some shenanigans. I was just waiting for it. And then the Niners screwed it all up and re-signed Garoppolo. And I was like, or well, they had some balls.
2: Oh well, you know, yeah. Hey Jimmy G, you ain't it. Go into the division, you know. You are
1: not it, then we're gonna beat you. You can't, you know, right. you're not gonna with us, exactly. you're against us. I totally exactly. agree. But no, and I, I still think there's a chance he gets traded. I don't want to make it sound like he's on the team for this whole year. I think Jimmy G still has a chance to get moved at some point here. Um, injuries or something could happen. You know, we just saw Sam Darnold get hurt as if that matters. But like you start to see teams that kind of, you know, panic a little bit that are in their win-now window. Anyway, back to Noah Fant. I do think Fant, again, Fant is tight end 14 right now. And I think he's getting a lot of uh, shade thrown his way because he's on a bad team or with a bad quarterback. That's where he was last year and we loved him. Why do we hate him now? I don't get it. And if anything, he's a better target opportunity than he was at Denver because he had Judy and Sutton. Again, Judy got hurt. But then he had uh, Tim Patrick come out of nowhere, who'd got a ton of targets. I mean, like we loved Fant last year. Why do we hate him now? I don't get it. I just don't get it. It makes no sense. It's like Dalton Schultz is like the villain here, mm. where
3: he's he's got the window right, and like he's on top. This is the middle of the movie, right? where yeah. Like <laughs> at the beginning, we're like Noah Fant, great combine. He's the yeah. hero, right? And then right now is where the villain's on top, right? The guy that you know he runs like a four or eight or whatever, and like you know, not super interesting. And Noah offense, like, you know, he's kicking the mud. It's raining, right? Like yeah, he's in a dark, he's alleyway. all downtrodden. Yeah. And then that's when he's the talent guy that you have to wait for the window. So I agree go. there. Like his combine is one of the best as his well. His talent like, was insane. Yes. Uh, 96% yeah, percentile, percentile speed 96 or 98. One of those two, is like,
1: Well, even to put this back into Dynasty perspective for a minute, the guys we're talking about here like Evan Ingram, David Njoku, Mike Giseki, and even Noah Fant, even Irv Smith. All of these guys are relatively cheap, even in tight end premium leagues. I mean, you might be able to get, you know, a third for some of these guys. You know, like Njoku, I'll bet you could send a third and get Njoku in the right league. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's not impossible. And I think that's the kind of upside we're looking for is go get that talent. Like you just said, talent, the roster needs to be full of talent. And that's exactly who you're going for is go get that talent on your team. And then, if they blow up or something, you you put them in your lineup. But even then, you got trade values now. You got a whole bunch of new value just added to your team that a third or even a second in some cases, not worth it. I'd much rather have the player who's going to rise this year. So that's exactly sure. why I like this attitude. And that's why I like just in general talking about some of this stuff. Is there anything tight end wise you want to cover, Cooper, before we move on to our find me a trade segment?
3: Yeah, let me just say, let me just rattle a couple names just for the people who are in the, in the deeper leagues uh brevin jordan a name that guy you know could have that window him versus nico collins to be the second guy uh might happen might not you're um, not afraid said, of oj like,
1: howard who just signed there. Nah, oj no. howard
3: dude oj <laughs> howard's agent oj howard's agent like he should fire his agent out of a cannon into the sun bro like uh, it's just like what are you doing signing behind dawson like You're like, oh, you're finally a free agent after his fifth year option gets picked up. They're like, let's go sign you behind a dude that eats breakfast every morning with the quarterback of the team and Dawson Knox and Josh Allen. It's like, what are you you doing? You know, if you want him to keep the job, sign him with sign him to be like the blocking tight end with Pitts. Mm. right it's like that's such a safe job you can't disappoint anybody when you're just blocking well that's what he went he was he
1: he went to the Bengals. he went to my team and we have uh, Hayden Hurst who is our starter and I don't think there's even any dispute with that I don't there's no there's no you know roster bubble there but our our blocking tight end is Drew Sample well I'd say OJ Howard's better than Drew Sample
3: Drew Sample's job is safe now well that's what I'm saying but like like,
1: OJ Howard is better than Drew Sample for a blocking tight end like bring him in there and have him be a second well then we got Asi Asi off waivers so now we don't need OJ Howard anymore right it's like I think Asiasi is a terrific blocking tight end too. Like he's not going to catch a lot of passes. He's not fantasy relevant, but he's NFL relevant. And I think that's where we needed on the Bengals. I say, we, I'm a fan. Like the Bengals needed a player like that. And I I thought it was interesting that they brought OJ Howard in for a visit and then got Asiasi on waivers. And he was like, see, I'm going to Houston. Like, you know, he was like, well, I don't have a chance to play here. But so you're not worried about him at all, which I think is fair. Revin Jordan, terrific name. Who else you got?
3: Yeah. And then, so this, so I think, uh, and kind of like Scott Kisecki play where the floor might be during the season, I think that uh, a player, Trey McBride, the I think yes, the shine's yeah, going to come off him a little bit when Zach Ertz is the starter, right? And you slide in there and grab him. Quietly, if you look at what the Cardinals have been doing this offseason, is they've been shedding a lot of the weight with the, with the Cardinals. Now, now it's only three tight ends there. It's
1: those two and Max Williams, is that it? And that's it.
3: Yeah. Max will do 20% of Max Williams yards last year came on a pass that wasn't even intended for him. It was like, go dude. If you, I'm not even a big eye test guys, you know that right, dude. Like yeah. I'm not a huge eye test player, but go watch Max Williams highlights, dude. It literally looks like a guard picked up a fumble and was just trying to, it looks like well, Dan Conley's kickoff return against the Packers. You know what I mean? Like, man, well, his Williams highlights are, his highlights to are easy
1: to watch. It's only going to take you like three bites of cereal. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> exactly. you're not even going to do much yeah. while you're doing it. It's fine. <laughs> know, that and watch McBride's, back. A Trey Trey McBride's a great one. McBride is
3: a guy that you can. And I think it's going to be like there's a, there's hype about him now. And then once once people realize that it's Ertz and he's not really even playing, that's when you slide in and you say, let me get McBride, especially if you're the Ertz. If you have Ertz now, slide and be like, dude, you don't McBride. You, what are you going to do with McBride? Why don't you send him over to me? He's no not even starting. Or, we haven't heard yeah. anything.
1: You've got crickets about him in preseason, which send is exactly me, when you know? want to strike. Yep, yeah. that's and then the the yeah.
3: one the, the one that I think could gain the most value for the rookies is Daniel Bellinger. He's actually yes. starting, and then Ricky Seals Jones is the only other pass catching viable option, and oh, they put him on yeah. season ending IR. Pass so, him
2: up, yeah.
3: So you know the, those are the exciting ones. Isaiah Likely is a long term stash, just because uh, you know Mark Andrews is there, but it's a name that has to be said if we're doing a deep tight end podcast. Yeah, has to be said. And then of course I gotta throw you know my deepest. If you're in just an insanely thirty two team league where every single guy's owned i still believe in a guy eli wolf
1: his profile
3: yeah yeah, his profile is special he's you know bounced around missed a couple spots but he is the quintessential like pass catching only guy and he runs like a four four three or something like that you know he's probably never going to do anything but if he does do anything it's not going to be blocking so, like, we're talking crazy, crazy deep leagues. But you guys, I mean, this is what you guys do. You have sharp gamers that listen to you. Scott's got 75 teams, right? Like, you know. <laughs> Going up every years, day. Every yeah. <laughs> so if you're in one of those crazy leagues that, like, no one ever gives advice for the crazy leagues, right? I'm giving you a name. There you go. I gave you a, I like cra- I gave you a practice squad player name. That is know, as so.
1: deep as we're willing to go into the tight ends. Let's just put deep it that as way. Go. Like that Deep as we go. Deep deep in the tight end realm there. Appreciate that info. Again, there's, there, we could talk tight ends for hours with you. Koop. I love that. It's me, like, there's so do. many different ways to go about this, but unfortunately we have to pivot to our final segment of the night, our classic find me a trade segment. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read through some of this stuff. And then Scott, when I get to the point, yep. if you want to read his, uh, his breakdown, I'll switch over to the, to bring of the team, but this was submitted okay. by our fan Pete Aquaviva. Ac- Sorry. I'm going to screw this up. Acquaviva. uh PD Aquaviva on Twitter. Uh, It's a 12-team, 2QB, and a punter league. This is not a super flex. This is 2QB with a punter, and I love that it's a punter league. Uh, I don't think any of our trades involve punters because we're just way out of our depth on that one. But uh, it is with tiered PPR, so it's 0.4 for running backs, 1 for receiver, and 1.5 for tight end. So there is a tight end premium. Tons of yardage bonuses. There's point for first down, tight end bonuses for average yards per reception. There's a whole bunch of fun, unique settings in this one. I love looking at these leagues and just getting ideas to be like, "Ooh, that's kind of a fun twist." Like it feels like Scott Fish dreamt, dreamt this up one night in like a fever dream. He's just like trying to make every position equal, and I just thought it was genius. Anyway, um, it's a short roster. I'll be honest too. You start thirteen, but you only have twenty five men on your roster. Yeah, so this shallow. is what those twelve team twenty five man roster. It's pretty shallow, and you're drafting punters too. Let's be honest, you're going to have some punters in this league, which makes you know even different. Uh, But start 13 with two QBs, again, not super flex, but two QBs, two running backs, three receivers, a tight end, four flex and a punter. I just thought it was brilliant that he did that. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'll pull up the team, Scott, if you want to read his quick blurb real quick. Yep. All right. So Pete says this is year
2: two. So he did a productive struggle in the uh, startup draft. Um, Granted, he's weak at wide receiver, um, but and lacks top end talent. Uh, but running back is elite and tight end, or I'm sorry, running lack top end talent at wide receiver and running back, but tight end and quarterback are elite. Uh, which is not a bad strategy when you're talking two quarterbacks and tight end premium. And so this is uh, year two that we're going into here. And um, I don't necessarily agree with what he says, but we'll get into that.
1: Well, yeah, we'll get into that, because I think there is some ways that you could look at this and say, you know, either he's top in the league or he needs some work and we'll kind of talk about that. But his team is he's got Patrick Mahomes, Trey Lance and Deshaun Watson, at quarterback. Again, when you only have 25 roster spots, you got to be a little lean somewhere in three QBs. Those are all startable options if you count Watson. Uh, running back, he's got Cam Akers, Tyron Davis-Price, Elijah Mitchell, Tony Pollard, and Ramondre Stevenson. Those are all names that are worth starting or holding. I don't hate that for a shallow t- shallow running back room. I don't mind that. Receiver, he's got a lot of names, but again, it's not top-heavy like you were saying. This is probably his weakest position. His best receiver is DK Metcalf. He's got Tyler Boyd, Traylon Burks, David Bell, Drake London. A lot of rookies. I, I like those top rookies there. Uh, he's got Rondale Moore, Sterling Shepard, Amon Ross St. Brown. I don't want to miss that guy. Demarcus Robinson, Jacoby Myers, Elijah Moore. Like, There's a, a lot of good wide receiver twos on this team. But he doesn't have that one stud, at least not yet. I don't know if London or Burks maybe at some point might be there. But a eh, little weak there. And then tight end, he's got the one and only Kyle Pitts, who we were talking about. is That is elite. And then Donald Parham and Adam Troutman behind him. I don't hate those two. It's a little risky at the par and pick, but whatever. And then for punter, he's got Jack Fox from Detroit, which again, I have no never commentary on. I just, I have no commentary. I don't know if that's great or not. Uh, on taxi squad, we've got Denzel Mims, Josh Palmer, and Noah Gray. So again, it's a little bit more depth trying to find that player. But yeah, I mean, the, the, the quarterbacks are great. I, I, you know, Lance and Mahomes every week isn't bad until Watson comes back. And then you've got uh, Pitts at tight end, Not never going to be upset with that. You got Cam Akers, Elijah Mitchell, Tony Pollard. I mean, you can get through with that running back room, but the receivers are where it kind of strikes me as a little. uh. So, yeah, Scott, if you want to get into yours first, maybe you you seem to have an opinion that you want to get into about this team. I'll let you start out. Yeah, I mean –
2: when you have two quarterbacks and you have tight end premium, I don't mind building around those positions because they're typically the hardest to get and uh, the cheapest is during the startup, right? And so mm-hmm. I, I'm fine with doing that and then filling in these other pieces. I mean, there's there's tons of starting receivers in there and there's a lot of upside. <laughs> so they're really young right now, but I think you could find that high end talent will just, you know, just naturally appear as these guys, you know, grow and, and learn and uh, gain experience. So I, I don't mind that at all. And, you know, running back, essentially, if you want to say it's it's punted, I mean, OK, but there there's some really good players there. They'll all likely have a role. You're going to get a lot of starts out of those guys. So I'm totally good with that. Um, however, I just I I disagree that it's a lead at tight end. Like, yes, you have pits. OK, great. He's lo- he's locked in. But nothing behind that. I mean, if, if Donald Parham, Adam Troutman and Noah Gray, they, they might combine for 12 points this year. Yeah. I mean, honestly, they might I, uh, because you know, we don't really know what Parham's going to be. I mean, he had that, that scary injury at the end of last year. Yeah. Um, you know, Adam Troutman, we're hearing that he's, he's taken the next step forward and all that, but you know, until we see it, I don't know. And and Noah Gray, I mean, you know, he's not going to do anything with Kelsey there. So um, none of those guys, there's, there's zero depth. So, I mean, if Pitts misses any time or, you know, I mean, it's just, there's, there's nothing there, you're going to lose that advantage, Um, so I'd like to see some more depth at that position, especially with the tight end premiums, the, um, first down tight end points, um, the bonuses, average yards per reception, other things like that. So, uh, that's a position that scores a lot of points in this league. And, and I, I'd almost want to go like bully tight end when you have pits and add, add somebody else. Um, now, obviously it's going to be hard to trade for those guys in this league. And you may not want to give up a lot for a guy like Waller or Kelsey, who's older, um, So I want to do two things here. I'm going to tie in our tight end talk, right? And bolster that tight end position. And I'm going to come back to a guy that, you know, people are going to say, well, why would you trade Deshaun Watson now? You've been holding him this whole year. Uh, Now he's, you finally know when he's going to play it. Well, because his value is coming back. That's why you're going to trade him now. Um, He's still going to miss the first, you know, 11 games, right? So we don't know if Trey Lance is it. You know, we, we don't, we think he is, we think he's going to be great. And you have Patrick Mahomes as that anchor, but you're relying on those two and that's it. That's all, that's yep. all you've got. So I would almost want to, you're going to basically have to punt this year because of the depth that you don't have, you the lack of depth. And, and so if you can trade Watson and get points in your lineup right now, then Lance becomes a luxury that if he hits mm-hmm. now, you got, oh, now you got Lance and Mahomes. Oh yeah. That's huge. Uh, and then you could even you could even tear down and add an elite receiver or add up that running back or or tight end. So here's my trade. It's a trade away Deshaun Watson. And I would try a 24 first. Um, and it sh- this should be enough to get it done. I mean, that's that's pretty hefty Watson and force. Now, again, with Watson, some guys just don't want him on their team. So it is what it is. But this this is what I'm saying. Deshaun Watson and a 24 first to. Hasta La Visca, boys, for Justin Fields, Jimmy G, and Mike Gesicki, And you would say, why would I want to trade away Watson? When we're normally talking these shallow rosters, we want the best players. You know, we typically want to get the best player in the trade. But in this case, this lines up perfectly with the players here, where you get Fields, who's going to be that third quarterback for you. Now you've got three options. So no matter what happens with Lance, Or Fields, you've got one of those two guys is likely going to hit. You're giving yourself two opportunities behind Mahomes there. Plus, you have three starters now, so now you can mix and match and do what you need to do, right? You're going to get points points in your lineup. Then you're adding in Jimmy G, okay, who's going to essentially give you that security behind Trey Lance, and then he could be a starter somewhere next year or a bridge quarterback or whatever it's going to be, right? So now you're really securing your your Trey Lance and really minimizing the risk, and then you're also adding Mike Gesicki which is, you know, like we talked about earlier, a guy who I think can add a lot of value, give you some depth for this year. And then maybe he can be that guy that, that makes that jump into the top, you know, eight to 10 next year, um, giving you that uh, potential bully tight end position here with that going forward. And so, you know, yeah, guys, I don't maybe necessarily love at the end of the day, but I think this is a great move for your roster. And it makes you competitive right away. You you could win with this roster. Um, You know, things would have to go right. But typically, that's how it works, right? You need some luck for it. Uh, But if right now you're just rolling with Watson, I mean, you're probably not going to win this year if you're going to have to make it to the playoffs and see if he comes back. And then even then, you know, he hasn't played in like, you know, two and a half years. And, yeah. uh, you know, I don't think he really has that great of weapons. I mean, he's got a couple guys, but it's not like he's loaded there. So.
1: Well, the one thing I wanted to jump in with this, and and this Asta LaVisca boys is an interesting roster build. It's got seven tight ends, six receivers, six running backs, and five quarterbacks. So it's very balanced across the positions, but tight end is where it's heaviest. So again, to speak to what we've been talking about, right? Go after some of those tight ends. He's got Dalton Schultz, Jonu Smith, Robert Tanyan, Mike Gasicki, Greg Dolchitz, Taysom Hill, and Chigozium Okonkwo. Like there's a whole bunch of weird depth in there. He's got all sorts of layers of tight ends there. You know what I mean? Like he's got... Taysom Hill, who we don't even know what the hell he's going to be. Um, so I love the idea of getting someone like Gusecki on that and kind of getting him off of that. But Cooper, what do you think about this one? Is this a trade you would pull off? Do you think this would help the team? Where are you at with this one?
3: Yeah, so I mean, that that trade, like, and this is my take on the whole thing is that I look at what he's writing and what he's saying, and I almost feel like he's trade. he wants to trade just to trade. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that trade that Scott just pulled up, like if you, if you have the trade bug and you want to trade, that's the kind of trade you got to do, right? What I would do with this team is I wouldn't do anything so drastic. I mean, he says he's loaded at quarterback. He is, but he's not loaded at tight end, right? He's got, he's built to, you know, make a run this year, but more to, to build to the future. You know what I mean? Um, Uh, so I, I look at this roster. The first things I would do is actually waiver moves. So I kind of scan through, you got the taxi squads on here, so I can't see waivers, but I know who's not here. Right. So like the first thing I would do is I would drop Noah Gray and pick up Jody Fortson. I think Jody Fortson mm. ahead of Noah Gray on that death chart. Like he, yeah, even uh, coming right. off the Achilles, he's been operating ahead. He looked good in the preseason. So I want uh, Jody Fortson. He goes by Joe. Uh, that's uh, I want him over Noah Gray. The other move I'm doing is I'm dropping Marquez Calloway, who is dust, right? Like yeah, it's Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry. I'm dropping Marquez Callaway. I'm gonna add Daniel Bellinger. Like I see Isaiah Likely's owned. You just mentioned you mentioned Chega Daniel Bellinger is a starting tight end in this league and he's oh, not being go. rostered by anybody, man. So go grab him right now. Hopefully your league mates don't watch this show. Cause you gotta yeah. watch it before him. Right. So go get him right this moment. And now yeah. your tight. Now your tight. end room is a little more robust. I feel like, you know, you have For Kelsey's, sure. Kelsey's backup. Awesome. Yeah. Like I go do that right now. Um, then what I would do is like, you look at this lineup, right. And, and in the league, uh, you have, you, you have these bonuses and stuff, right? Like, um, you know, the, 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 unique bonuses for big plays and yardage and stuff and then you look at this roster and the dude's got every slot every low a dot slow slot receiver <laughs> that's ever been invented right yeah. like Tyler Boyd uh Jacoby Myers Amon Ross St. Brown uh
1: Sterling Shepard I mean it's Curtis, Shepard. Samuel. These are Curtis Samuel these are the Samuel. slot names that we've seen for years that have never panned out yeah
3: Rondell Moore so I package up whatever I can there and personally I'm willing to trade Amon Ross St. Brown because uh you know my take on it is that he flashed on a ghost ship, a team that was moving assets to the, to the future. And, uh, you know, they had nobody for targets and the targets that they did have in Hawkinson and Swift and Jamal Williams and Quintez, they all got hurt. So for me, I think now you're, you're selling high on a player like that. I would try and package up what you can there and try and get, uh, the biggest piece you can back. So I was kind of looking through and what you got to kind of do in a situation like this is convince somebody else. Like, go and look at your league mates and look at the strongest teams and be like, you know, look at Pete's team. Like, you're not going to compete with Pete this year. Why don't you, you know, like, I don't know what your friends' names are. You know, like, uh, look at here's, uh, hail John David Booty. Look at his team. Like, you're not going to be able to compete with this guy. So, why don't you trade me, your guy, and I'll give you a bunch of these assets. So, you go to a guy like the Ben Verdronkos and say, look at your team. Like, you're got James Cook, A.J. Dillon. Bait, you got all these guys that are like
1: Zach Wilson, Mac Jones, Mac Jones, yes, Matt Ryan for the future.
3: Why don't you give give me Dalvin Cook? I'll give you a bunch of young up and comers. I'll give you Amon Ross St. Brown. I'll give you a pick, you know. I'll give you, uh, you know, he's also got four
1: good tight ends on that Ben Verdroncos team. He's got Firemuth, Hawkinson, Knox, and Smith. Like, Irv Smith is, you know, those are all good options to bolster that tight end room to give you some depth. What you can
3: pry (laughs) away, dude, if you got to, I mean, like, even if you want to do it go real big and try and take all his pieces and and do the watson trade you know bring bring matt ryan back i mean he could yeah. be, he could be somebody that helps you out a little bit a if good you're going third, for it now. Option, yeah. third option safe third
2: option until lance gets it yeah
3: exactly well, and it's like let's you, let's you put this in start, pers- you can't start 17 slot wide receivers in right. your lineup dude like you right. know what
1: that's, i mean well you that's start exactly... 13 but not all of them are going to be slot receivers yeah no <laughs> and that that's the threshold
2: receiver discussion right because yes You have to, you have to find that threshold. You're not going to know when to start these guys. You're going to just be playing, you know, uh, flip a coin. Do I start this guy? Do I start this guy? Do you're, you're not going to know, and you're going to be frustrated all season on guys. So what I would do is maybe pick like six guys and, and then just the, the rest of them, you know, whether you're like a guy like Sterling Shepard, who I've loved for a long time, I cut him because he's coming off an Achilles. He's, he's aging. That's Took a new money. offense. That's There's such a
3: red flag, right? Tons Took of other money.
2: guys. Just just cut him. You're never gonna know when to start him. Like, so you know, um Demarcus Robinson. I mean, those guys, I mean, honestly, I would just cut them. But if you can get anything, maybe offer them um, you know, package a fourth for a third, Sterling Shepard and a fourth for a third. See if you can do that, see if you can pick up some <laughs> other picks. Um, throw up your auto trade block. So post on the message board and say, I will take any you know, fourth round pick for Callaway, Robinson, Sterling Shepard. I'll take any fourth round pick. Okay. And just see who, who could buy it. If you could pick up a couple extra picks and then turn those guys into running backs. Okay. Turn those guys into, um, you know, go find the Jamal Williams, go find the, Dearness Johnson's go find those guys that they're not going to win the league for you but they're going to give you a couple of starts you know when those guys play it's because there's injuries and they're starting and they're going to give you the volume and you know what you're going to get and they're going to give you more than you know whatever Jacoby Myers is going to give you every week
3: a name you said earlier Amir Abdullah I mean like
1: there you well, go. If yes. they do if they yes. rex Burkhead the, is he's on waivers, he's on waivers. In this league. like yeah, I mean, exactly. same with Rex on Burkhead. Like, go right. get these yeah. guys instead. Yeah,
3: I completely so drop agree. a bunch of those <laughs> wide receivers, man. Use <laughs> use one of those on Daniel Bellinger. But yeah, I didn't even see Demarcus Robinson's name there. He was cut from his he was just cut and then signed by the Ravens, who you know, yeah. There's there's room for one wide receiver there. So Scott, well, if I had and, I I didn't look deep enough, but you found guys <laughs> worse than Marquez Callaway on there, you know what <laughs> I mean? Like well, uh, I think too though, and
1: I think. I think we're on the same page because my my trade was in the same vein. It was like, I kind of agree with what you're saying there too, Coop. It's like, man, I don't know if you really need to trade. I think you probably could get away with a couple that might help you out, but every league is so unique. And then again, I'm looking at this with like the punters and everything. I'm like, I don't know how that works. Like, is it worth trying to get a better punter? Do I, is yours good? I don't even know. Is it good to have another punter? I don't, I mean, again, it's just such a weird thing. But the one thing I, I looked at this roster and the first thought that I had was you have to start two QBs. And one of your QBs is Watson. So he's not starting for the first 11 weeks. And the other two QBs have bye weeks in eight and nine. You're going to be without a rosterable QB. You need to make a move somewhere. So in my book, I looked at that and said, hey, that's where I would make some sort of pivot. I love the idea of trading Watson. I I just personally, I would would trade Watson every league that I have. I'm not a Watson fan. I'm not, I don't believe that I want him on my team. I'm just one of those people that I'd rather win without him than win with him. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, find totally. a, just find a give away the value. Right. So I love that trade that you put in there, but mine was similar, but different. And I'll just say it this way, like the, the Jimmy G signing does make me a little concerned for Lance, but not in the way that you think. It makes me concerned that the league will value him less, not that he will be worth less. And this is sometimes where the game within the game becomes more valuable, because I think a lot of times we talk a lot about values and it's like in a, in a vacuum. Your league might not value Lance as much now your league, your, your trade value for Lance might've just taken a hit, whether you know it or not, whether you agree with it or not. So my thought is let's send Lance before that gets worse. Let's, let's kind of cut off the bleeding. Let someone else deal with it. Even if I don't think his value is going down, I'm not necessarily willing to hold while my league says his value is going down, right? Like it's a pride thing. And I'm like, all right, well, let me send Lance. So my thing was sending Lance and a couple of throw-ins like David Bell and Callaway, whoever you want. Right. And even just cutting those guys, if it's just Lance, it's fine. Um, And not, Cutting David Bell, but cutting some other guys like Callaway and Shepard, but sending Lance to the team, which is here's my number. So call me Brady, which, again, that's, my, that's one of my jams. I love that Carly Rae Jepsen's on. But uh, for Brady, Ezekiel Elliott and Allen Robinson. And my thinking here is you start 13. And normally I like to have in shallow rosters and all this. I like to have studs at the top. But if you're starting 13 players, I would rather have Brady, Zeke and Allen Robinson in my lineup than just Lance. Especially with the way this team is built with some really junky players. Like you were just saying, like Alan Robinson, I'm never gonna ask that question. Do I start him? Zeke, I'm never asking that question. Well, maybe I should, but it's like I'm never asking that question. I'm gonna start him. Brady, I'm gonna start also him. Like, I want um, I, well, yeah. but you know, I want as many. Well, yeah, and it's like I want as many of those players as I can think of that I don't have to worry about because you've got a lot of roster spots to start every week. Again, granted, one of them is a punter, two of them are QBs. But it's like you are this is the kind of trade I would say is like an all in for this year. Let's go win it. Let's see what we can do. And then I was going to and I mentioned this in my write up here, too, is like I would save trading Watson because I do think his value is going to go up a little bit more as the season goes on. And you're going to see a rebuilding team show up in week two or three. It starts selling off their win now assets for guys like Watson. You know, they're they're going to start making moves and then you're like, all right, great. Now I'm going to capitalize on that move because, again, Watson, his value is unlikely to go down. And in my book, it's not maybe it's not going to go up much either, but I'd rather hold on and wait until the other team's value to trade for him is different. So, again, this my my trade is built around the league and not the, the roster and not the players. But like every league is so different. So it's impossible to build a trade that way. But this one felt like the prime case to bring that up, to be like, know your league, know what they care about. The other thing that I think you hit on perfectly too, Coop, I looked at the waivers on this, too, and I said, there's guys on waivers I would easily pick up. Hayden Hurst is on waivers. Pick that guy up. Like oh, you may pick, not want to yeah. start him, but pick him up. Pick up Rex pick, Burkhead. Pick up. pick up Amir Abdullah. These are players that are going to get points, right? There are people out there that are projecting Rex Burkhead in PPR leagues to get eight to ten points a week. I want that guy on my roster in every league I can get him because he's free. I have him in seven rosters, I think, at this seven, seven teams. Because I think he's one of those guys on a bye week or when injuries happen, you can easily throw him in and be like, just give me that eight to ten points. I'll take it it's better than putting all of my chips on Jarek McKinnon for two rushing yards. You know what I mean? Like I'd much rather have a high floor risky dude than a, than a low floor, high ceiling guy on my flex, you know, my third or fourth flex guy. So yeah, there, there's a whole bunch of work on the waivers that I would do here before I do any trading. But then again, I think just again, sending Lance, I'm not sure that's the smartest move, but I'm sure as hell not sending Mahomes I'm not sending pits, probably not sending any of those running backs. I don't think you're going to get a lot of value for him. And even DK is your best receiver you need some help there. And again, I don't think this one trades fix it. This, this one trade fixes you. It's not one and done, but I think it sets you up for some more success and gives you some pivot points as the season goes along. So Scott, I guess, what were your thoughts on that one? I know you've already said a little bit, but I mean, are you kind of with me on this? Does that make sense?
2: Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally. am. am um, I'm, I'm fine with, uh, anytime you can kind of tear down, um, you know, and, and pick up, Points in your lineup i mean ultimately that's what it's all about but it 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 depends too like obviously uh you know pete said hey i want i did productive struggle and i and i want to build that way i mean you have a a young core that's going to grow and get better and so if you want to be patient that's fine just like coop said you don't have to trade anything you can just chill see how things play out go make a couple of waiver moves see if you can pick up some future picks put yourself in position that if things are coming together, you can you can then make that move and go for it. Right. Because ultimately, all you have to do is see if if you're going to be in the running. Right. And once you get to the playoffs, anything can happen. Oh, so yeah. put yourself in position to go either way, whether that's to continue yeah. to build a juggernaut for the future or it's you make a, a move or two. And, and hey, go for it, man. Go right. all in. Yeah
3: look for the team. Yeah. Mid-season. Right? And, right. and that's my, my take is that you don't need to do that blockbuster. Now you could do, that later right. when you're making a push, yep. like this roster to me, it, it doesn't need an overall. It just needs a little manscaping.
1: Right. Hey, perfect that's wrap right. around on that, right. that one. Our sponsor for the show manscaped use code junkies at checkout, get 20% off. You can manscape this mm-hmm. roster. Uh, I think maybe that's, I was actually talking to Rocky about that. We should definitely have it be sponsored by manscape because we're, we're man's we're trimming this roster. We're making it nice and shiny. Um, so I think that might be where trim, we go with yeah, this. Trim,
3: trim the Sterling Shepherd. You know, quaff things right. up with a little Daniel Bellinger.
1: You know, yeah, maybe, put that <laughs> Rex Burkhead lotion on there. You know what I mean? Jody,
3: <laughs> uh, open up, open up, open up the boxer shorts. Pour, dump a little uh, Jody Fortson powder in there. You know what you I mean? Go. And you're you're good to go. You know.
1: Well, I think we covered this for you, Pete. Hopefully, you got what you needed out of this. Hopefully, you can come up with some options. And definitely, if you're listening to this, keep us posted. Hit us up on Twitter. Uh, tag us and stuff. I mean, if you start making some trades, definitely tag us. I know Scott and I love getting that kind of stuff, and Coop obviously would be a fan of it, I'm sure as well. Don't but tag, tag the Junkies podcast. Don't. We love hearing. I'm this just kind of- I'm just kidding, dude. Yeah.
3: <laughs> Brutal. I'm kidding. Brutal. I'm just kidding. You could tag. I know. I know. I know. I I need to know now. Now that I've dug deep into this league, I need to know what happens next.
1: I'll be honest. There there are a lot of times we do this and I get a DM like two, three, four weeks later. And someone's like, hey, I made that trade. You guys talked. about. here's what I pulled off. And I'm like, hell yeah, great trade. You know what I mean? Here's
3: here's what you should start. Here's what I want to see. So we gave at least some waiver moves that need to happen. Oh, yeah. Within the next week or so, whether you trade or not, I want to see you. You tag us in a post and, and say, here's my hashtag manscaped roster yes i want to yes. see there i want to see go. this manscaped roster there tri- we go come on trim Pete. away some of the stuff come on Pete. Add some pieces yeah let's get that make going. it mans- shiny and new manscaped get- rosters
1: attract that championship you know what i'm saying like let's go get shiny and nude i like it i like it that's exactly right so again use that code junkies at checkout and i love it that's terrific so with that i think we'll kind of call it a night i think we've gone on long enough rocky would be proud of us we've gone over an hour at least that's always the way to go. So I guess Coop, why don't you start it out here? Where where can people find you? What do you got going on? I know you talked about it earlier, but hit us with it again so we can keep up.
3: Yeah, man. So uh all my written stuff, you'll find it at fantasyalarm.com. If you follow me on Twitter at Coupe Fiasco, you're gonna get like I always tweet everything out. Uh and right now we made everything free this year. I kind of was behind that because I'm such a big Reddit guy, as you know, that oh. like I'm like I'm like Reddit. They're not gonna. They're not gonna sign up. They're not gonna do all this. I'm like, let's give That's them right. some free stuff. And if they like it, they'll come in for the DFS stuff. So it's like we made it all free. I I shared it all for free. And then if you if you like the kind of nonsense I bring, 7, 8, 7 a 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. That show is a lot of fun. It, it's a lot of nonsense. But you can also call in. Be part of the games, be part of the show. Uh, you know, we're giving away, we're talking autographs, Ben coats, Donnie Couple. What's that reading. app
1: again? What do they got to download it's for that? It's called Better
3: Sports. So if you go in your app store, Better Sports, B-E-T-T-O-R, like better, as in like a gambler. And yep. some of the like uh we focus on so our show is mostly, I'm not gonna lie to you, it's mostly nonsense. It's, you know, it's it's whatever we feel like talking about. That's what it's you funny. need at
2: that time of the morning. Yeah, I wake
3: That's up in good. the morning, man. I'm cracking up every morning. It's funny. But like some of the other shows, like the one that Nando does, it's all collectibles. And that show is super interesting. They have people on that are serious collectors. Dude, the other day, this guy came on and he was like, he's like, you know what you got to go for if you want to get serious? One of one items. And they're like, well, like what? He's, he's like, so things that only one person could possibly have. And he, 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 one of the items he has is a is a legit legit authentic and it has like a certificate of authentic authentication hugh hefner um it's a it's a like a cvs bottle that says hugh hefner viagra on it like on the thing he has a hugh hefner viagra bottle and he says it's worth like eight grand like he got it like appraised he's so it's like these guys are talking that 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 show is super fun because it's all collectibles all stuff then there's a you know one of the other shows is just all like super sharp betting stuff for anybody that's doing everything. Like I'm talking like they get into tennis. So like whatever, whatever you like, it's all on there. So, uh, but yeah, I I am signing
1: up. I'm getting logged in and everything while you're talking about it before I forget, because I want to make sure I'm ready to go when I'm at the gym tomorrow morning, I'm going to listen to you when I hopefully win a, uh, a Jersey or something. It'll be great. Very excited about this. So yeah, definitely download better sports B E T T O R. Listen to Coop in the morning. you can got a whole, it sounds like a whole plethora of people all throughout the day. Is that right? It's
3: it's good, man. It's great, yeah. And then, you know, the other thing you should do is if you like the things I said about tight end, I do this not just for tight end, but for, for other positions too, where the yin-yang strategy, we brought it to other positions. If you go to Fantasy Alarm, the free ultimate draft guide has all my rankings. And I do it for, so Scott, we talked about all the slot receivers. I have, yeah. I broke it down in different columns where it's like safe wide receiver threes versus upside wide receiver threes. So beautiful. you can sit there and say, okay, that's I already right. have Jarvis Landry as my wide receiver four. I don't need to be giving myself a brain freeze every week trying that's to right. figure out with which stock I. So it's like you can balance it by by drafting upside. So uh download that. That's free. The ultimate cheat sheet from Fantasy Alarm. And that that's all I got going on right now, boys. It's
1: that's all on. you got going on. Just two <laughs> huge, all. awesome that's big it. things. That's no it. big deal. I've been
3: doing I've been doing podcast. I haven't told the thing is I've been talking. I woke up at six this morning. Got into the, you know, got into the chat at or six thirty to talk about the show. Did yeah. that three hour show. I've been talking football all day. I could go all night, man. It doesn't matter. Oh. I'll talk until the I'm show. I'm both tomorrow. jealous
1: and I'm really sorry that you had to do this all day. Like, but that sounds rough. <laughs> no, but nah, appreciate I appreciate you talking on. to you,
3: talking to you, Andrew Hall. That's yeah, you, know, that's you right. and Scott, man. Like this is the show I like because we come on and we talk deep, deep leagues with people that actually care. You know, like we're in so much it. better yeah. than. Yeah, we're in there, boy. So I love coming on this show. Put me back on the schedule. All right. Oh, back you're, you're
1: back in the rotation. I'm sure we'll have you on during the season sometime, too, because this is yeah, obviously I'm we like love talking guess. tight ends. You're the tight end whisperer. We know that you got to be on for these kind of shows. And I know our listeners appreciate it, too. Uh, there's a ton of good nuggets we dropped tonight. So hopefully everybody got a lot of good out of that. Follow us if you would. Uh, if you're not already follow us on the on the Twitter machine at Dynasty Junkies. You can follow me at Andrew Hall FF. You can follow Scott at Scott underscore Sidlow. The other two don't get their name shouted out. They're not here. Uh, Rocky's nope. going to be editing. It's all his fault if it's something screwed up. I love it. That's Blame, them. it Blame them for all errors and omissions. That's right. That's how it works. Uh, make sure you follow the DAP Network, the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network, the DAP Network, if you will. And we do because Daddy Russ says we have to, and we love him anyway. But, you know, follow that at right. DAP underscore network. You can follow us on YouTube. This is where we're going live every Thursday. Uh, you get other great podcasts on there like the Fantasy Timeline, Get Real with Casey Simon. Oh, I don't know. Trade Addicts is on there, too. Maybe you've heard of that. A lot of fun on that one. So make sure you subscribe, rate, review, submit all those different things. We've got lots of find mats or find me a trades coming up. Uh, I think we're going to be doing a special next week where we do just a bunch of leagues and kind of try to crank through some of those sleepers before the season really gets going. Um, But definitely submit those if you have a team, if you have a league, go to our Twitter. You can find it on our link trees everywhere. Uh, All that kind of stuff. Obviously, you can find me writing at Fantasy Pros throughout the season. I'll be doing a risers and fallers column every week and trying to figure out where we can find some values not only dynasty, but redraft as well. and trying to see who's coming and going, but again, obviously we're going to be here all season long for you all the way through the off season. Every day. We never stop here on the junkies. And Scott with that, if you want to take us out of here, wrap it up.
2: Shout out to everybody in the chat. Thanks for coming out and joining us tonight. We love all your input and your feedback interaction. Uh, good stuff, man. That's why we do this live. It's great. Uh, thanks again, Pete, for the submission. Keep those FMAT submissions coming. Uh, thanks again to Coop, you the man, brother. We love having you on. Thanks for being an amazing recurring guest. Honestly, one of the best that we have. We've, we've been fortunate enough to have some great people, man. You are, you are definitely up there at the top, man. So we appreciate you so much. And, uh, Hey, thanks manscape for, for sponsoring this, this little show. That's, that's grown into something pretty special here. So we appreciate everybody listening. Um, check us out 20% off. Uh, with that code junkies for coop a fiasco for andrew hall ff i'm at scott underscore sidlow junkies out